0: This is the Property Development Book Club podcast. Please be advised that the views expressed are of the individuals and do not represent their employers and should not be taken as advice. Please do your own research and seek advice from an appointed professional. Welcome to the Property Development Book Club podcast. In this episode, we're discussing diversity, equity and inclusion in the real estate space. Joining me today, we have Faith Lochen from We Rise In and Sarah Hayford from The Land Collective. Welcome to you both. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. So my first question for you both really, I'd love to understand a little bit more about your businesses and what you do in the DEI space. Sarah, go first.
1: Okay, great. So I run The Land Collective. Uh, We're a youth focused organisation. That focuses on basically getting more young people from underrepresented backgrounds into the real estate sector um, by way of careers, commercial awareness and general engagement.
0: Faith how about We
2: Rise In? Um, so with We Rise In we're really focusing on the mid to senior level professional, black professional, um, so really focusing on retention really
0: um, and yeah that's what we do. So really the ideal I suppose customer can go from the land collective getting into the real estate industry, and then when they reach that level of seniority, they can come to exactly we rise that. in exactly that. Yeah, So you are
2: my pipeline. Yeah, <laughs> literally, <laughs>
0: literally. <laughs> that's yeah, what build my pipeline. For me. That's <laughs> what we're all about. I'll just uh,
2: rest on my laurels while you uh, put them into put the them industry. All <laughs>
0: that's one way to. It. Yeah, that's one way to. It. Can you, Sarah, can you tell us a little bit more exactly about how the Land Collective helps the DEI agenda in the real estate space?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, so I guess starting from kind of where the Land Collective got started, um, I started it in my third year of uni. And I wanted to get into property, but I just didn't know how, didn't have the connections, didn't know anybody. And Faith was actually one of the first people I reached out to because she was the only kind of, black women, like black women I saw on LinkedIn when I was searching through for people to talk to about how to break into the sector. So coming from that kind of problem point, I wanted to create something where other young people who felt the same could have a place to go to learn about the sector, to prepare for interviews and to kind of help them just get their leg up really and get their foot in the door. Um, So we have quite a few different activities that we do. We have free events for young people to attend that are mostly related to hot topics in the sector. Um, Because again, when I was trying to learn more about the sector and get into it, all the events were like 50, 100 pounds. And I was a student and I was just like, I'm not going to that. So (laughs) we try and provide value for free uh, for young people in our community. We also do employability programmes, um, which are more longer term. Um, And we also do things like our social media and online community. We have commercial awareness insights. Professionals can come on board, do master classes on topics. So we had one recently on what a lease is wow. and how to read. Through. I mean, boring. I mean, I come from lease <laughs> advisory, but people found it very useful because you know, yeah, because yeah, it's necessary to know. So we do those kinds of things. So it's not just about building them up personally, building up their confidence, but also that knowledge, those networking, mm-hmm. those connections that you would need to thrive in our sector and get into it, and you know, really go far.
2: I wish I um I wish I had something like that when I was coming up because I again didn't know about anything really to do. I, I I was passionate about property, yeah. didn't even really know like commercial surveying existed as even a thing. Um, so having something like that that people can tune into, and quite frankly, even me like ten years into the industry, I follow your page and like some of the things you put out. I'm like, oh, I didn't know so and so has bought that building, or I didn't know. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it kind of keeps your finger on the pulse a little bit. So. Yeah. As much as it is for those early careers, I think um, there's a lot of value that you're adding just generally to the, to the wider property industry.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it, it's such a closed industry. You can't just, yeah. you know, if you Google what's a commercial lease, you're not going to get a straightforward answer yeah. that is just like really easy to understand. So actually giving that space to someone is really vital. Yeah, absolutely. And Faith, how about We, we Rise In? How does that help support the DEI agenda?
2: Um, So we are very much focused on the retention piece and inclusion um, because I think there are a lot of initiatives such as the Land Collective which are really kind of pumping through a really good pipeline of diverse candidates into the industry Um, but where I was seeing um, some issues was around that retention piece so once people have come in as let's say a graduate surveyor have gone through the the route and got qualified. Um, it's that kind of year or two after qualification that people tend to stagnate or hit that proverbial glass ceiling. Mm. So our programmes are designed um, to try and support individuals who are trying to reach positions of seniority um, and working with companies as well to recognise where they could be doing more for their ethnically diverse
0: employees. So you're helping at both, at both ends, both at the company end and at the individual? Correct, Yeah. yeah. And I think what's really interesting for both of you is that your businesses have really grown out of personal experience. you're solving the problem that y- that you faced
2: mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And what I love about you, Sarah, is that you kind of started in the industry but then started this business, and the business actually got bigger than. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're kind. Of, you work full time yeah, exactly. in it. You know, have a staff and everything. Like, you know, just to have seen you grow in that way has been amazing. And one of the reasons why I felt empowered to actually make that step, take take that leap myself and and go full time. So yeah. Yeah.
0: That's really cool. <laughs> so the big question: How can companies become more inclusive? How long you got? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay we're here all night, guys. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um I, I, I think i it, it's uh, it's quite a wide question it's a hard question to answer mm. um because there's so many elements to inclusivity um but i think what it boils down to is recognizing that every person in your organization is coming from a different background whether that's a cultural background class background whatever that might be um, and recognizing that everyone needs different levels of support to get them to uh, a good starting position and give them the best possible chance um, within your within your sort of environment or your business environment um so yeah that that's kind of the baseline for me um, and then other ways that they can prep as a business you can practically do that is by engaging with companies like the land collective like we rise in um, investing in programs that support diversity equity and inclusion um, and really just like building it into your business plan um, and recognizing it as as a as something that can really add value and generate revenue uh, ultimately
0: um, yeah yeah, and really that it's a core part of your business, not just like an add-on that you can do kind of on the side. Yeah, looks... just to tick that mm. C- um, yeah. CSR point or whatever. I think that's it, mm. isn't it? I
1: think there's been lots of talk about, oh yeah, diversity and inclusion. They're like, it's a business case and it's just like, it, even though it has good impacts on business, it should just be the right thing to do. Yeah. Ultimately, it should just be built in, but it's not really at the moment. I think there's lots of companies that are trying and, but there's still a long way to go I think especially in kind of real estate we've got a really long way to go with that until yeah. it gets to be that hopefully in 10 years you won't need a land collective anymore that's like my ideal <laughs> the plan dream. Um, you can retire yeah, <laughs> yeah hopefully you'll get to the point where our organizations aren't really needed but for now we've still got quite a long way to go I think
0: and that's actually a really good point you know you've both been in the industry now for the best part of a decade how have you felt the industry has changed has has it really become more inclusive do you think over the last 10 years
2: i think we may have different
1: answers yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, I, I think maybe for that. context i think yeah
2: you, so I, I, you might i don't know if you want to reveal but i've i've been in industry for about 10 years now um you slightly less but yeah. like what six seven or yeah something like that um so i started off coming
1: out of a graduate scheme anticipating i was in it for a few years and then after that went into the Land Collective full time. Um, but I would say the sector has become a bit more open to discussing its problems, mm. which is, is still progress. Yeah. But that action and execution piece is still tricky. Mm. Um, so for example, when the Land Collective, we go out, we speak to employers about what we do and how they can better get involved. When we first started, it was very much, a oh, well, we go into schools already. So we we don't need you. We don't really need what you're offering. Um, But now it's actually been okay. We go into schools, but we're not getting the reception we thought we would get. So let's have a conversation about how to make that better, how to implement a strategy. What kind of schools do we go to? How can we get more people from underrepresented groups into apprenticeships? Like there's a a much more free flowing conversation about Mm. problem areas and kind of bottlenecks, um, which is good um but there's still lots of I don't know there's still lots of sticking points (laughs) I don't know I I think Faith will probably have similar things when it comes to
2: that too I was going to ask you actually that change that you saw did it I mean this is a leading question did you see that change happen sort of around 2020 yeah
1: Yeah. yeah
2: same yeah it
1: was there was um lots of things on the table and then we also had quite a lot of people oh like very interesting you're doing this thing. But there were people that we have, like we were talked to in the past that weren't interested and then and now light bulb, mm, let's, yeah. let's re-engage with them. And, you know, so that was, a, that was a weird, I think that was a weird, tricky year for some people, especially um, black business owners, because it felt like, you know, after the Black Lives Matter movement happened and things like that and George Floyd, it was like, are they coming to us at a place where they really do want to make a change? or is it
0: yeah. done that? Yeah. Um, and then in a year they'll have moved Okay, on yeah, thank you for your services, yeah. goodbye.
1: So yeah. it was a very weird time, I think, for us at yeah.
0: Hi, my name's Hattie Walker-Arnott, and you've been listening to the Property Development Book Club podcast. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Hi, my name is Sarah
1: Hayford. You've been listening to the Property Development Book Club podcast. Don't forget to like, share,
2: and subscribe. Hi, I'm Faith Lochkin, founder and CEO of We Rise In. We are a business whose mission is to inspire, elevate and develop the careers of mid to senior level black professionals. We're keen to connect with individuals who identify as black professionals so we can support you in getting to levels of seniority within your career. And we're also keen to speak to corporate companies who are looking to uh, better and improve their diversity, equity and inclusion agenda via our workshops um, and programmes. We're proud sponsor of the second half of season two of the Property Development Book Club podcast. I, w- I would have to say exactly the same. So mm. having joined uh, the, ind- well, technically I started when I was 19 working as a as a residential um, agent uh, uh, doing like sort of sales assistance and stuff. Um, so in the time that I've been in the industry, there has been some change, um, but where we've seen the like a real market difference has been since 2020 and like you also for me it was like oh you know these businesses are they just kind of doing it as a tick box exercise you know you saw a lot of businesses hiring like black board members or like black senior directors out of like nowhere Um, but I think at the same time it's been good in the sense that it's it's woken them up to what they actually need to be actioning Mm. Um, I do think there's a bit of an expiry date on this kind of momentum, I must say, Um, hence why our business model is the individual first, the company second, because I think there will come a time, let's be honest, that, you know, the black agenda or the black supporting the black movement won't be as topical, Um, you know, we'll move on to other things. You know, if you look at just like the history and like corporate sort of CSR, You know, way back when it was all about gender and getting more gender diversity, then there was a lot um, of uh, push for more diversity from um, uh, LGBT plus community perspective. Now we're kind of in that black era um, and I think we will move on and I think we need to move on. I think there needs to be, you know, other agendas to focus on other elements of diversity. So I'm not naive to the fact that, you know, we need to capitalise on this moment now, business as such as as us Mm. to do that. However... Just keeping in mind that, you know, you've got to also support those individuals as well as the companies. So, yeah, there's definitely been a change, not as much as I'd like to see. Um, But yeah, hopefully there'll be more going forward. I think also with that
1: kind of change piece, I think we all get caught up in that whole saying, oh, yeah, change is going to take time. Um, But sometimes even saying that stops companies from actually, again, going out and executing those things. Um, so, yeah, change does take time, but you, you have to move eventually.
0: <laughs> yeah, so sometimes that's kind of an excuse. you yeah. like, oh, it's just going to take time. It's like, yes, but you need to do the steps to yeah. get there.
2: Yeah. And I'd say also sometimes, at least what I'm finding, is that there's like one particular example where we've recently signed a client that, you know, we've tried to speak to on a couple of occasions prior and they've said, you know, we, we don't need this, or we don't have need for this but sometimes it's who you're speaking to in that, exactly. in that company. Because often, if you are trying to engage with what you've, who you, the department you think would be the ones to kind of push that change, like the learning and development department, for example, often they are constrained to budgets, they're constrained mm-hmm. to getting sign off from directors, et cetera. But I've always found that when we've spoken to someone who is senior, let's say the CEO or um, you know, someone who's already on the board, as soon as they say, yes, we want to work with you, things happen so much quicker. Um, so often it's having the right person in the business who wants to make that change actually step up and say, we're going to do this. We're going to put our money where our mouth is. That's when you see things happen.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So identifying that kind of business influence almost is who is that person internally? Yeah.
2: And I think eventually, as time goes on, um, the more quote unquote woke (laughs) generations as they as they go through the pipeline and get to the I think we'll get to a point in 10, 20 years time when, you know, the people who are kind of on our generational level um, are now in positions where they can make those uh, are in decision making positions um, and can just be like,
0: yes, we're going to do this. And yes, this is the right thing to do. Mm. Because I guess one thing that I'm imagining that both of you have struggled with is that the companies who really need your help might not think that they need your help because they're not aware. Yeah. And so, how do, how do you address that? How do you approach companies who. I think we've.
1: For me, the land collector has come quite a long way. So, this summer will be six years old, wow. <laughs> which is insane. It's the thank you, it's like the longest I've done anything. Um, but. So when we first started and we started doing kind of employer services and things like that working in partnerships we would actively kind of go out and try and say hey you need us and this is why Um, but now we've kind of moved on the opposite kind of side of things so now we're not essentially going out to companies and telling and trying to convince like them that they need our services and what we do because ultimately we want to be working with companies that really believe in the problem that we're trying to solve and will be advocates for us in the future. Um, So now we're kind of on the other side of things where we kind of publish more kind of thought leadership pieces, we post more testimonials of members in our network and kind of where they've started and where they've gotten to. And we kind of let that speak for itself, not to say we don't ever do external kind of sales and things or partnerships and stuff, but we've kind of switched the way we do things because I think sometimes when you kind of go outward and you try and present like that kind of problem, we get people on board that don't really believe in what you're doing and they might want a different outcome. And that kind of hurts the brand essentially in the longer term, if that makes sense. Um, So we're kind of on the other side of that. We just say our work will speak for itself. We've got the numbers. We track a lot of data in terms of. So, for example, we have students that joined us in second year of university. They now work in the sector or they'll be sitting their APC soon. Like that's incredible, Yay, you know, that's so cool. from going from not knowing about property, not even studying it to yeah. getting into the industry, doing your qualify. APC, Love you know. That. So those are the kinds of things we like to track. Um, we mm. like to track stuff on kind of ethnicity, areas they live in, things like that, because I think it was Ali Reid that said this um, from Landsec. She kind of just said, you can't make progress if you can't, if you don't track things yeah. and yeah. that's like a really really big part of what we do at the Land Collective and I think that's also why we can, when we need to go out to employers and say this is our track record, this is where people have ended up and that's really important for moving the dial forward.
2: Yeah. I think I, you know, we operate in a similar way in that we only work with people that believe and understand in our mission and vision. Um, we've had clients you know, come to us and say, oh, you know, we we, we want, um, a, you know, a programme that kind of captures all. So our leadership programme is specifically for mid to senior level black professionals. But you would not believe the amount of clients come to us and say, oh, you know, can, you know, is this open for everyone? And we're like, no, this is the particular demographic that we're supporting. Um, and I think having, you know, knowing your values and sticking to your core values, mm-hmm. eventually you'll start to work with the clients that get it and understand it. Um, and it just creates a better, better relationship. Um, and then from our kind of a lot of the corporate um, programs that we run, like reverse mentoring, having clients that come on board that are already kind of open to and aware rather than, you know, there being, let's say, the senior leader who is the mentee in the case of reverse mentorship. Is coming because they've been basically told by their company you have to do this. You, they're not going to get the most out of the program. It yeah. always has to come from a place of they actually want to be there. So whenever we work with our clients, particularly if we're doing reverse mentoring or inclusion workshops, we almost, almost, always um, put out disclaimer to say you know you need to be putting people forward who are willing to be, um, you know, open and vulnerable and willing to change and change yeah. their mindset. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think reverse mentoring is a really interesting ones. So, like what would you say was one of the most interesting things you've learned from coordinating that whole experience with companies and individuals, do you think?
2: Um I'd say that it's um it start the the, <laughs> the the mentee who is invariably a white senior male um tends to start off the program feeling very nervous. I think a lot of corporates think that, you know, these kind of programs, it's them just coming and being told that they're racist, you know, like they there's the, there's a nervousness to starting. But what we found was those, uh, the black professionals that were acting as the mentors were also nervous, you know, for a lot of them, this is the first time they've been asked to be vulnerable about their lived experience as a black professional. Um, but then what we found by the end of the nine months, um, the pairs have not only kind of gotten to know each other, they've grown to like each other and have become you know friends as well as you know, peers, um, and have been able to support each other through this time and, and just be a lot more culturally aware on both sides. Um, so it's not just uh, the white professional that needs educating, um, all, all ethnicities need educating on all, everybody else, because the more we know about each other, the more we can empathise with each other's lived experiences um, and just create a general inclusive environment. Yeah,
1: I think with that, it's always a bit tricky, isn't it? Because it's like an inward, inward looking thing and it can get quite personal. So I think when approaching kind of employers or seniors, it's always that, oh, we don't want to get this thing wrong or say the wrong things. But it's all kind of about the journey, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
2: exactly. And that's what we always say in our workshops is like, this is the time to get things wrong you know say the incorrect thing ask that awkward question that you didn't really want to ask your black colleague or your black um you know direct report this is the program in which to ask it we're all coming into this knowing that there's going to be these kind of moments you know awkward moments but this is the time to have it so have it here so then when you go into the working world you don't have to have it with with you know someone else and and it impacts your career or,
0: or business yeah or that or their career you know maybe someone who's then put off from working with exactly yeah so again another big question but what are your hopes let's just take a short time frame the next year two years what it what is what would you love to achieve in the dei world in real estate so
1: i think for me a lot more focus on employability programs and longer term partnerships with kind of schools colleges universities and the employers that we work with Um, I think we've been focusing on kind of quite short term goals, but want to end up doing more things over a longer period of time so we can better track kind of outcomes and where people have come from. So we're going to be launching our first um, school programme this summer uh, for black girls in year year 11 in London boroughs, and it's going to be um, a week long summer school where they learn all about the property industry and hopefully the outcome of that would be to get them into apprenticeships or studying um, real estate later down the line. So really excited about
2: launching that. That's I'm so excited. Exciting. I've got a, I've got a cousin who's in year 11. Yes. I'm gonna be putting her onto yeah. that. Let us know when you kind of open up applications or what. Whatever. They're already
0: open. Okay. So I'll send yeah. it to you. Perfect. Oh, that's that's so awesome. Look out for that one. Yeah. Faith, yeah.
2: how about you? Um, specifically real estate or just? I think i'll answer for both i think from a real estate perspective i want companies to take inclusion more seriously Mm -hmm. um i was just at a dinner a couple weeks ago with um it was uh, the ladies from black women in real estate um and we were sitting down around a table with some of the kind of senior leaders in property industries um and a few of them were still kind of focused on i'm not saying that it's a bad thing but there was still kind of talking oh let's go into schools let's get you know build this pipeline Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it was Ali Reid again who's yeah. kind of said, actually, the women around this table are already in the industry, and are, and we are saying to you that we are struggling. Yeah. You know, wh- where's the programs for us? Where's the support for us? Um, so starting to just look both, not just at the kind of diversity, i.e., recruiting more diverse, but actually looking at supporting your staff that are c- currently in. In the position and to be honest I'd, I'd want that from for all industries not just sure, real estate yeah, sure. so that, yeah, yeah that's what I want to see more of more exactly. focus on inclusion yeah because if um we're, we're getting all
1: these people in and <laughs> yeah. then they quit in three years yeah, and then leave the industry <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just we're going to be doing this forever basically yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah no that's that makes a lot of sense well thank you both thank you you've been listening to the property development book club podcast thanks for listening This is the Property Development Book Club podcast. Please be advised that the views expressed are of the individuals and do not represent their employers and should not be taken as advice. Please do your own research and seek advice from an appointed professional.